Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 49. I'm Carly Tisano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, I feel like we're going back to my roots from when I first started my coaching business, which at the time was kind of an offshoot of my professional home organizing business, and one just kind of evolved from the other. But when I was first starting to get into coaching, was certified as life coach through the life coach school, even back then I knew that I really wanted to specialize in New Year's resolutions because contrary to what most people around me and in the world seem to think and believe and the way that they seemed to carry out their resolutions, I thought resolutions were so cool and so powerful and I loved setting them and keeping them and talking about them and I believe that we can use our resolutions to transform our lives and achieve the things that we want instead of them just being something that we set and then ignore for the rest of the year. But all of that to say, when I was first launching my business, I taught a webinar that I called Setting Your Best Resolutions. And in that class, I really gave what I perceived at the time and still believe to be the the keys to keeping any resolution. It starts with the way that you set them and then of course the way that you carry them out and all of that. So I'm gonna be pulling some ideas from that webinar that I taught into this episode today and I will be referencing other episodes because we've talked about different aspects of this before, but we're gonna be focusing on one very key aspect of the resolution keeping process and that has to do with the way that we overcome obstacles. Through that class I taught what I call the resolve process and that dealt with taking a dream that you have, what you imagine your life to be in the future, what you want it to be, that being the dream process, creating that, defining that, identifying what that is. We talked a lot about that way back in episode nine about determining your dreams and identifying what you want. That really broke down that part of the process. And also in episode 11, when we talked about what do you wish versus what do you want? Those are both very key aspects to this first phase of what I call the resolve process to set and keep your resolutions, but to first begin to identify, cast that vision for the future and identify what you even want that future life that you're working towards to be. And then the second part of the resolve process was the goal step. And so we talked a bit more about this than in episode 13 of the Resolve Podcast when we were talking about setting the type of resolution that is right for you. Because when you're turning your dream, which is kind of the amorphous idea of the life that you want into concrete goals or resolutions, that's really the next step is to identify what exactly does your dream life look like in terms of the concrete components that you can take action on now in your daily life or that you can be working towards, but that you can kind of put parameters around to say, I don't just wanna be a happy person in the future, it's what does being happy and working towards that look like in my life right now or this year. And then of course there is the plan step, which has to do with all of the actions that you take and the steps along the way as you work towards reaching your goals, which is, let's be real, the longest and hardest part of the process. And then the last step of the resolve process is reality. That's when you have achieved your goal or resolution, you have reached that vision, or at least the first part of it, and your lifestyle and habits and surroundings are kind of all in alignment. (laughs) I guess I was talking about alignment even in a way back then. And so that was what I conceptualized as the resolve process. And by going through those four steps or those four elements of the process, getting what you want and where you want it to be was pretty much inevitable eventually, right? If you 
identify what you want and how to get there and then take the action to get there, then you're going to get there. And so that is kind of what I was teaching through my first year of coaching. And I still believe that's a super powerful way to look at and perceive it. And I think that all of these elements are totally necessary. Um, and of course in the webinar, I taught much more detail on each of those steps, worked through them with people. And then I followed the same steps and still do in slightly tweaked ways with my clients as we work through each of those steps as they reach their goals and keep their resolutions. But then the following year, I taught a slightly different class. It was called Three Secrets to Setting Resolutions You Will Actually Keep. And it had a lot of the same ideas. I had kind of packaged them in slightly different ways because that's what you do as you keep learning and growing and doing new things. But the key aspect of the process in what we're gonna be diving into today is what I would call the resolution roadmap. <laughs> I love that you're kind of getting this really odd insight into my brain and like the way that I name and refer to things probably is not too much of a surprise, but you guys are getting the glimpse, I guess, of what I haven't shared before, at least not too much on the podcast. But what I taught and shared in the resolution roadmap was really centered in on that plan stage, the part of the result process when we're really executing our goals, we're carrying things out, we're taking action because Let's be real, that is the part that most of us struggle with. Most of us can get to the point where we can identify the people we wanna be in the life that we wanna live in the future and probably on our own, we can identify what we need to work on personally in order to get there. But the harder part is then taking the steps that are necessary to turn that dream into reality. And so I'm going to be sharing with you what I think is an unbelievably powerful way to move through the entire process of getting where we want to because aside from this process the only other element that exists out there is time because there is some amount of time that goes into reaching any goal like training for a marathon you can do all of the things you can train and take all the action but it's still going to take you however many hours to run the marathon as it's going to take you to run the marathon and <laughs> as we know that can vary very widely and that's totally okay but if you follow the steps that we're going to talk about today which are going to be very particular and tailored to you and to what you're working on or you can use this method and you really can tailor it to you if you do exactly what you're going to establish for yourself through using this process and you add the element of time, however much time it's gonna to take to do that or however much time it just takes to move through that process, then you will reach your goal. It is pretty much inevitable. And the other key is you're going to know exactly what to do if something unexpected occurs. If you hit an obstacle, if you hit a roadblock, you're gonna know exactly what to do and you're going to have the momentum and strength and principle that you need in order to determine what to do or to just overcome it and keep moving. So the resolution roadmap is centered on the idea that the things that we think are going to stand in the way of us reaching our goals probably are. They are probably going to be hurdles that we're going to face along the way, but instead of ignoring that or trying to pretend that doesn't exist, if we can identify and acknowledge all of the obstacles that are likely to lie ahead for us, then we know exactly what we need to do in order to get where we wanna go. Because if we overcome all of the obstacles that stand in our way, if we know what they are and we can figure out ahead of time what it's going to look like or take or the actions we're gonna to try to overcome those things, then we're gonna be on the other side of all of our obstacles. And like I said, the only thing then between us and what we want is gonna be time or maybe a few more obstacles that we didn't expect that popped up, but we will know exactly what to do because we will have already overcome so many obstacles along the way. 
I know this is kind of confusing, so I'm going to give you an example. We're going to go back to running marathon. We're going to use that as an example of how to use this overcoming obstacles process to create a resolution roadmap so that you can reach your goals and keep your resolution. So to begin, the key is to list everything that stands in your way, whether you are wanting to start a business, which is something else we're going to talk about later, run a marathon, start reading more, get a new job pursue a new hobby, any of those things. The first step is to list everything that stands in your way of doing that, because then you are going to use the obstacles that you put on that list to figure out how to get from where you are to where you want to be. So in the example of running a marathon, some of the things that you could consider to be obstacles could be something like the belief I've never run a marathon before. Let's be real. (laughs) Anyone who's running a marathon for the first time might have that belief. It would be probably pretty logical to think I've never run a marathon before because you simply haven't. That seems to be factually true. But what many people logically progress from that belief onto is thoughts like, this is going to be too hard. I don't know that I can do this. I don't know what to do. This is going to be extremely difficult. I don't know that I have the stamina for this. It's those kinds of beliefs that are going to make running a marathon incredibly difficult and are probably going to be some of the greatest hurdles that you face as you try to run the 26.2 miles. Another hurdle could be, there aren't any marathons near me, or marathons are too expensive, or maybe there are so many marathons near me that I could participate in, but I don't know how to choose. That could be conceivably an obstacle. Your obstacle could be, I don't know what marathon to run. You could face a hurdle like, I don't know what shoes to wear. (laughs) Maybe you know that your running shoes that you have are just simply not gonna cut it as you try to train for and run 26.2 miles. But then you're facing the hurdle of, then what shoes do you get? Where do you find them? Are they going to be good enough? How are you gonna know that? That is a very conceivable hurdle as you try to commit to running a marathon. Another hurdle you might face could be, my schedule is inconsistent, so I don't know how or when to fit training into my schedule. And that could be true, maybe your schedule is inconsistent, so that is going to be a hurdle that you are going to have to face as you work towards running a marathon. Another (laughs) hurdle that you could face when running a marathon could be a belief like, it's just so easy not to. And that could be something that you could face as you look ahead and say, I'm gonna run a marathon in the future, but it could be so easy not to. And it could be the same belief that comes up at six o'clock on a Saturday morning when your alarm goes off because you finally found time in your inconsistent schedule and you're all wrapped up nice and warm and don't want to go out in the rain and your brain just tries to remind you it would just be so easy not to go. We're already half asleep anyway. So those are all hurdles that you could conceivably face, right? If you're running marathon, probably dozens more maybe injuries, maybe whether you're participating with someone else, there's lots of different hurdles that you could face. As someone who's never run a marathon before, these are all what I know that would present to me as hurdles if I did decide to run a marathon, and maybe I will someday in the future, so these are hurdles that I'll have to overcome, but they're not actively ones that I'm working on right now. But if you make a comprehensive list for your goal, what you are working on, of all of the hurdles and the things you need to figure out and the decisions you need to make and the research you need to do to get you from where you are to where you are going to go, and you may not know, For me, I probably don't know. Since I've never run a marathon, I don't know all the hurdles that are gonna come up. But I have a pretty good idea, and I know what areas and what problems are likely to be a problem for me. So those are all things that I would put on my list. 
And so from that list, you can then create your resolution roadmap because by overcoming all of these obstacles, you are going to be getting closer to your goal one step at a time. And once you've overcome all the obstacles in your way, there's nothing that's gonna stop you from reaching your goal. Let's go back through each of these steps and consider how if you were trying to run a marathon, you could overcome these obstacles or plan to overcome these obstacles based on the list of obstacles that we came up with. So the first one is the belief, I've never run a marathon before. That may be factually true. And so we can let that be okay that we've never run a marathon before, but we are probably going to have to begin to question what that means for our future. Does never having run a marathon in the past mean that we can't run a marathon in the future? No, we don't wanna let our past dictate our future. We want our future to be different, to be new, to be exciting, to be things that are going to get us and take us closer to where we want to be. So we're gonna let that be what it is. Maybe I have never run a marathon in the past, but I am preparing to run one in the very near future. Maybe that is what you transmorph that belief into. Maybe it's something else, but by identifying that's a belief you're probably going to have to change or work on or improve on or supplement or augment, you're gonna be in a much better position to overcome that first hurdle. You've identified what work you're going to need to do. In this case, it's mental work and that's okay. We can do that work and then we'll overcome that obstacle. Maybe the next obstacle we face is, I don't know what marathon to run. So this is one that's probably going to take a little bit of research, right? And if you are participating with someone else, it's gonna take a little bit of coordination to figure out what does your schedule look like? What does my schedule look like? based on where we live, what marathons do occur near us. Maybe you wanna go somewhere far away, somewhere exotic, run a marathon there. <laughs> the nice thing about marathons is the biggest decision of how far you're going to run is already made for you and everything else is just extra. It's just all little decisions, but they're all decisions that have to be made and they're all decisions that can stand between you and checking off your goal because let's be real, that's the easiest thing to do is to say, I'll decide that later or I don't wanna decide now or I don't want to decide at all. But if you let those unanswered questions stand in your way, you're not going to have a marathon to run. So it's still a hurdle that you have to overcome, even if this one does not seem particularly big, that's good. And whether you decide to address your hurdles in order, in terms of size, in terms of whether they're like mental as opposed to external actions, it's totally up to you. Sometimes there will be a natural progression, sometimes there won't be but that's something that you can more easily map out and determine and decide once you have your list of obstacles already written out. Okay, so once you have made your decision or at least determined the decisions that need to be made and how you can get to the point of making those decisions of the where and the when and all of that, you can keep moving on towards the how. And so the next hurdle that maybe you're facing is your running shoes hurdle. So this is another great example of one that is a combination of research and actual practical tactical action out there in the world of having to buy probably some new running shoes. It's gonna take some research, probably reaching out to other runners, maybe following them on social media, asking a friend. There's going to take some amount of effort to overcome this hurdle and to decide and determine, okay, which running shoes am I going to get and then to purchase them. Again, is this a very big hurdle? No, probably not in the actual real world, but if it is something that's gonna stand in the way of you running the marathon, it belongs on the list. Okay, the next one is good because my schedule is inconsistent. We would have to approach an obstacle like this in two ways. First of all, we would have to approach it on the belief level because believing that your schedule is inconsistent and thinking that is a hurdle that's gonna keep you from reaching your goals is going to make it much more difficult to approach your schedule regardless of how inconsistent or not it is in such a way that you're going to fit regular running and training into your schedule. 
And then we also have to approach something like this from the actual real life level of figuring out when runs are going to occur on your calendar. So from a mental basis, this could look like just questioning that belief. Is your schedule really that inconsistent or we tweak? Is it pretty consistent? Because if that's the case, you can probably find at least a weekly routine for fitting in runs. And is it really that big of a deal? Even if you did have an inconsistent schedule where every day was completely different, is that really a problem? Because you probably can still find time to run, even if it is a different day, a different time, all of that, even if you have an inconsistent schedule, does not mean that you cannot also train for a marathon. So whether you decide to kind of buck against that belief or just accept that belief and decide you're going to figure it out anyway, you still have to make that determination of which way you're gonna go and keep moving forward. So that then you can take the real life action of actually scheduling and figuring out, okay, when is this run going to occur? And maybe that has to also bring in some coordination with other people, whether that's babysitters, a spouse or a partner, a friend who maybe you're training with, there may be some element of coordination that is required in order to make a schedule, whether it's consistent or inconsistent workout so that you can do that training. But by recognizing this as an obstacle, you are ready and prepared to address it and to handle it and to keep moving forward. You're not surprised when you wake up Monday morning and have to go to work because you know that's what you have to do and you still are going to make time to run, just not on Monday morning. Okay. The last one we're going to address with this example is the belief that it would be just so easy not to go. So again, this is a kind of a two-pronged approach where we're going to have to address and acknowledge that belief. In this case, we would probably acknowledge this belief and say, yes, it would be easy not to go, but easy is not the path that we're choosing to take here. Easy is not of a higher value to us than running this marathon for whatever health or personal challenge or whatever other reasons we may be doing so. For more discussion on that, you may want to tune into episode 23 about the hierarchy of values, because for most of us, I don't think easy is exactly what we're going for and is probably not a very high value to most of us. But so if we acknowledge, yes, it's probably easier to stay in bed than get up and go do a 10 mile training run. I'm not going to dispute that with you. Your brain would have a hard time arguing that. But by acknowledging that Easy is not what we want, even at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And by structuring whatever other beliefs you need to around why you're doing this and why it matters and why you do choose to get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning, that is what will get you out of bed. And then the other practical element is actually getting up and going for the run. Regardless of how easy it would be not to and how difficult it might be to do so, by carrying it out, you have successfully overcome this hurdle. That doesn't mean that next Saturday morning, the same belief won't pop up, but you know exactly then what to do in order to overcome the hurdle once again. So if you were running a marathon, or at least if I was running a marathon, I am sure that I would face many more hurdles than these, but these are the ones that I decided to outline and work through with you today. And I think that it's pretty clear how identifying these obstacles and identifying what it's going to take to overcome each of them, even if you can't do all of them immediately. They're not all like snap your fingers, you're over the hurdle and onto the next one, or you're over the hurdle and suddenly the marathon is complete. It's not quite like that, but it is a process. And by anticipating what you're likely to be facing in the coming months, you are prepared when they do pop up, when you do have to buy your new running shoes, or it is six o'clock on a Saturday morning, you're prepared and you know the obstacles you're gonna face, you know what you're gonna do to overcome them, and then you can just keep moving forward. But then similarly, if another hurdle pops up, if something else you need to add to the bottom of your list occurs, that's okay. You have already built the momentum of the obstacles you've overcome. You've built the skill of knowing how to overcome obstacles, of figuring it out, and you can just use that entire process all over again. Another brief example is 
one of starting a business. So that's something that I've done a couple times now. I have some experience with, and I remember at least back when I was starting my professional home organizing business, being very overwhelmed in terms of you have to get the website and you have to get an email, but you first have to decide like what the name of your business is and you have to make sure that domain is available and then you have to get it, but then you also have to like create a logo before it can go on your website. And then you also need an email service provider, but first you have to go back and actually get an email address with your domain and then you need to get business cards. But to do that, you also have to have a phone number that's dedicated to your business or you have to decide you're not gonna do that. And then you also have to have that email to put on the business card and the website to put on the business card. And you also then need to have the logo to go on the business card. And where in the midst of all of this do you decide whether you're gonna be a sole proprietorship or an LLC or a corporation? And when do you file for that? And of course, you also wanna start getting money coming in and doing your own accounting and being ready to pay your taxes. And not to mention all of the mindset stuff that goes along with that of becoming a business owner, being an entrepreneur, knowing your value, understanding the services you can provide to others and the value that you offer them. And then of course, marketing that to them and getting clients and serving clients. And all of those things can feel very overwhelming, whether individually or collectively. And I remember so desperately like searching the internet and asking other people like, is there a checklist that I can follow of what to do and what order I need to do it in? And I still have never seen quite anything like that out there. I was able to find some helpful resources and courses and people who inspired me and who guided me on my journey, which I so very much appreciate. But it really wasn't about any of that. And I wish I had this tool at that time to come up with the list of all the things I needed to do, i.e. all the obstacles that I needed to overcome to maybe kind of put some order to them to figure out, at least for me, what order I probably needed to progress in. And even if it wasn't the perfect order, because there probably is no perfect order, that would have been okay. And it would have been so helpful to view it all as these are the exact obstacles I need to overcome to have a business and to grow my business and to start my business because I know I made dozens of lists of like, oh, I need to do this and this, and then I would have all these arrows, like I think this goes before this. But if I had taken the time to take a deep breath and remember what I'm going after, why I'm going after it, and that all of these things I'm putting on my list aren't just tasks that I need to get done as quickly as possible to keep moving forward. If I'd been able to identify them as the obstacles that I'm facing to starting my business, to creating the business that I want, but that by overcoming them, I would be building skills that would continue to benefit me going forward. And that by checking them off my list, by overcoming them, like growing my business, starting my business, and then growing my business would be inevitable. I would have approached the entire process, I think, much more differently. And of course I did have fun, I loved it. I love being an entrepreneur, but I would have had a very different perspective, I think, and it would have been a beneficial perspective change, something that would have helped me, maybe help me slow down, even if not actually in terms of how quickly things got done, but at least mentally. And it would have been a tool that I would have found very valuable. So I didn't have it at the time, but I do have the resolution roadmap now and the overcoming obstacles idea. And so I'm very grateful for this opportunity to present it to you. I hope that it will be something that is helpful for you as you go forward and reach any goal or keep any resolution because by identifying the things that stand in your way and how to overcome them, you are building incredibly valuable skills that are gonna help you then in any other goal and any other resolution, but you're also then going to be one step at a time moving closer to exactly those things that you want. I also think that 
this method is really important because like we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were discussing in episode 47 about 15 reasons you may not be reaching your goals, one of the reasons we often struggle to reach our goals is because we resist the resistance. We think this shouldn't be happening. Why am I facing these obstacles? Why is this so difficult? And even if we don't believe reaching our goals and keeping our resolutions are gonna be easy, we can wish that it was. So sometimes by approaching it from the overcoming obstacles perspective, by creating resolution roadmap, I think it shifts our perspective to identify this is what's supposed to be happening. We are supposed to face these obstacles because it's by overcoming them that we get exactly where we wanna go. And I can see how that could be difficult for some people to view it that way because identifying the obstacles can be a bit overwhelming at times. But again, it's not about focusing on the obstacles, it's about focusing on the goal of what we're heading towards and the role that each of the obstacles are playing along the way to help us get there. So by accepting the obstacles as part of the process, we're so much better able to anticipate them and to build the skills that we are going to need to overcome these and any other obstacles that we're gonna face in the future. And that I think is so important. The value of the resolution roadmap comes in being able to identify specifically what obstacles you think that you are going to face and then figuring out exactly how you can address them. So create your overcoming obstacles list, list everything that stands in your way, your beliefs, your thoughts, the things you need to learn, the things you need to figure out. <laughs> Ask yourself, is there anything else? Ask yourself if I was gonna fail, why would that be? Put that on the list. This method works for anything, for weight loss, writing a book, running a marathon, anything you haven't done yet for any reason, you can use the overcoming obstacles method to create a resolution roadmap. And then using that list of obstacles, you can work through the list and figure out the answers, new beliefs, or steps you need to take to get you from where you are to where you wanna go. And every obstacle becomes a step or a mini goal, a hurdle for you. But by following the hurdles, you can see the path that you need to follow. And it's so cool because the things that you think are gonna keep you from reaching your goal are just showing you the exact steps that you need to take to reach your goal. And that is why I love using the overcoming obstacles method to create a resolution roadmap. That is why I love this so much. So today I challenge you to resolve to do exactly that, to take whatever it is that you're working on to create a list of obstacles that you need to overcome and then create a resolution roadmap of exactly what you need to do to overcome them and to keep on moving. I know that can feel like a, a big homework assignment, a big resolve too, but I believe in you and I believe in the power of this tool to help get you closer to exactly where you want to be. So with that, I just finished reading Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. That is one that has been on my to-be-read list for a very long time. I have always thought of it as kind of being like the seminal thriller. I guess that's not true, especially because I realized it was written in the relatively recent past. I guess I thought it was a couple decades old, but it really isn't. But I've always just heard it lauded as such a great story, such a great example of the genre. And I read a lot of thrillers, so I feel like I would know, or I'm a pretty good person to judge that, at least for myself with my own personal taste. But I did not enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. I haven't seen the movie, and I'm not sure how closely the book ties into the movie, but I was pretty disappointed in the characters and the story. I didn't feel like there was that great of a surprise. I did think the writing was very good, and there were some really great lines, and I didn't mind the jumping back and forth between time periods or characters as much as I normally do, but I was not very thrilled, I will say that. And I did not like how it ended. I won't give any spoilers away, but I 
generally don't mind a kind of inconclusive ending, but with this one, with the story and the characters, I did not like how this one ended. It was not quite what I was hoping for in my month focused on fiction, which I just is why I read it because I decided month focused on fiction. I may as well read this book that has been on my to be read list for such a long time but it was not quite what I was hoping for. And actually I will admit that the whole month focused on fiction itself has not been entirely what I was hoping for, because of course, as soon as I decided to do that, all I wanted to do was read nonfiction. So I should know that about myself. In years past, I set resolutions to read, like every month I would read a book from six different categories, like uh, a novel and a mystery book and a memoir and a personal development book. I can't even remember all the categories now, but I had business, I think was one. I had all of these categories. And then even last year, I think I bro broke it down to, I was just gonna reread one of my favorite books every month. And oh, I don't even remember now, I was gonna read one other category. And even that was too much, just even two categories of forcing myself to find those books and read those books I did not like. So that was a goal and resolution that I told myself I was gonna stop doing, but I thought that a month of fiction sounded fun, but I should know myself enough to know that I don't like constraining my reading that way or apparently in any way. I have been reminded of that this month, and I look forward to diving into all of the nonfiction that has risen to the top of my list very soon, probably as soon as the clock ticks over to September 1st. Not surprised, not even disappointed, just acknowledging and accepting the fact that this is who I am, and it is what it is, that's all okay. And today I want to toast two of my friends, Heidi, of course, who you know through the podcast, and my friend Ashley, who have both in the last couple of weeks, moved across the country, both embarking on new adventures. They were actually both driving across the country at the exact same time, which was so weird and kind of sad to know that two of my closest friends were getting further from you by the second, especially because I love them both so much and I'm going to so miss having them close. But I am very excited for them and for their new adventures. And so I want to toast that with them, this new chapter in their lives. And I can't wait to continue to connect with them in new ways as we go through this long distance friendship now. But I'm so excited to see where everything ends up for them, where their paths are gonna lead them. And I will continue toasting them from afar, but today I want to toast them with you on the podcast. So with that, thanks for tuning into the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show and subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, Here's to all that lies ahead.